0: Football Friday with Wolf and Luke. Alert, alert, alert! Presented by 72 Soul. Get your price. 98.7 FM, Arizona's Sports Station.
1: All right, final hour of the show, live from the Auction Community Studios on a Football Friday, Wolf. And it does feel like a slightly bigger Football Friday when you are getting that showdown with the L.A. Rams. (laughs) I'm so so hesitant to build up this game too much with the way the last couple or 10 of the last 11 have gone against L.A., but this is why you play, is to ultimately go through the Rams if you want to get where you want to go as the Arizona Cardinals. So, Wolf, I'm going to... Open the door for you to try to explain to us the hexagon of victory. You know, it was funny because I was
2: sitting down and I was thinking to myself, what are some of the things the Arizona Cardinals need to do offensively, my brothers, to actually win this game? What what are some of the things the Cardinals really need to do? And it was amazing because basically every thought I had brought me back somehow, some way to Aaron Donald. And that yeah, I could that, see that it's so weird by way of example right now listen you there there is body, soul, and spirit, man, and that is a three threefold nature of man, and that's what we walk around and go through our day with body, soul, and spirit, and um you know what you need that when you play the game of football and beating Aaron Donald. You got to believe that you can beat Aaron Donald. You got to believe that you can beat the Rams. And the Cardinals, I think have had a hard time really truly believing they can beat them. <laughs> I mean, when you look at 1 and 6 in the last 7, that's that's hard to swallow. Well, let me ask you this then, because and that's in the Cliff Kingsbury era.
1: We were talking about this earlier, and, and there was the clip of Kyler Murray saying, "Okay, yeah, I'm not thinking about last year anymore." And you know, you can have that debate: should he still be thinking about last year? Should they still be thinking about it? Right? I mean, okay, you lost to this team; you got basically embarrassed in the playoffs. Or do you not want Kyler thinking about it because he actually kind of looked a little rattled in that game? What about the other way, though? Wolf, they did beat the Rams early last season, when the Rams were playing very good football, and I hesitate to say this, but it it was kind of true, Aaron Donald really wasn't that much of a factor in that game. I'm just saying... Maybe be quiet. There's something there. About that. Yeah, but I'm just saying.
2: Everybody, can you imagine? I mean, if Aaron Donald, if you just left him alone, yeah. didn't say anything. and focus on San Francisco Aaron, next week. What are you doing? Are you, You're you the best in the world. Everyone knows it. Oh, my goodness, you're so good.
1: Well, here, I've, I've got it since, since you brought it up. Here's Kyler Murray this week when he was asked about Aaron Donald. I mean he is who he is um i I enjoy you know i've i 've learned to embrace and love you know the opportunity to be able to play against him just because you know he he won 't be you know he 's not going to be here forever playing the game forever so um you know to be able to step on the field with him is uh you know i 'm saying it's an honor you know to be able to, to be able to go to battle against him um and he's like i said he 's one of the best to ever do it so Oh, that's awesome. He's following your advice right there. So that was
2: number one, uh, the first facet of the hexagon of victory. Of course, it, it it deals with believing that you can actually beat Aaron Donald and the Rams. Okay, that's what they've got to do. Number two, block Aaron Donald. See what happened right there. Whether you're running the ball or throwing the ball, you have to somehow, some way. Have a guy standing in front of him and block Aaron Donald. That's number two. Number three is stay balanced by running the ball at Aaron Donald. <laughs> Okay, you, you running away from him, you don't want to do that. Not only does that give, give him a bit of a blow, but it also allows him to use his great quickness and speed to run a play down from the back side. And you're not forcing him to take on a double team. I'm going to run in between the tackles at Aaron Donald with a lot of double teams. And oh, by the way, I'm going to do it wherever Aaron Donald is. If, in fact, he lines up over Justin Pugh, let's run right at him right there with a check with me. If he lines up over Willa Hernandez, over Reichardt, let's run it right at him. Okay, with a check with me. Wherever he is, run it at him and force him to take on some double teams. That's number three. Number four, get the ball out quickly to slow Aaron Donald down. That's four for four on Aaron Donald. Four for four right there. They they do. They have to get the ball out quickly. The quick game has got to be there. And if you go back and look at what they did against the Raiders, even in that second half, the quick game was a big part of what they did. They came back to it. It was there. The Raiders were playing that cover two zone. They were playing that cover two shell. And they had to exploit it. And they did. So they've got to go ahead and get the ball out quickly. And number four, um, no, I already did number four. Yeah, he I? doesn't get seven. He yeah, right. Number seven five. sided hexagon. Okay, number five stay out of third and obvious pass situations so you can avoid sacks and pressures by Aaron Donald. Okay, that's what they got to do. Third and obvious is third and eight plus. Okay. Third and obvious means, ye there's only one way you're going to convert this, and it's going to be by throwing the ball. Now, we all know, you know what, Kyler Murray and guys like Russell Wilson and quarterbacks in the past that are Josh Allen, they could pull it down on third and eight and run for a first down, of course. We all know that. But for the most part... Third and obvious says, oh, my goodness, you're going to throw the ball, and because of that, you're going to get my best pass rush right now. And defensive linemen know that, of course. They don't need Aaron Donald on third and obvious. No, and the Cardinals are 24% on third down so far this season. That's last of Boy, the that NFL. Is, that's dead last. Exactly right. Okay, number six, pick and choose when to go up-tempo. You don't want to do it all the time. And one of the reasons why you don't want to do it all the time, you've got offensive linemen, too. Okay, defensive linemen that are out there and I know you're trying to tire them out. Guess what? They rotate defensive linemen. You don't rotate offensive linemen. So, you want to pick when you're going to go up tempo and when you don't. And when you run wide receiver screens and then you and and then when you run running back screens as well. All of that screen game, you got to pick and choose when you're going to do it to try to fatigue Aaron Donald.
1: Can I add one more here? And I don't know what a seven-sided hexagon is. I think that's it's not a hexagon. Philosophically impossible, indeed. But uh, how about you don't uh, you don't need to get into any sort of fights with Aaron Donald unless oh. the game is over? Then go ahead. And do it. I don't really care. I'd love that right there. Just think back to Cincinnati and the Super Bowl. Not that Cincinnati had the Super Bowl locked up, but they were in the lead, and Aaron Donald really wasn't doing a whole lot in that game either, relative to what he does. And then they all kind of ganged up on him on the sidelines, even if they were right, even if. They didn't like him messing with Joe Burrow. Sure. From that point on, he played out of his mind. And the Rams came back and won the Super Bowl. Well, and then they practiced in training well, camp, yes, and then helmets came off, and he used it as a weapon. <laughs> so that's weapons. why I thought, don't get yeah. into a fight with Aaron Donald. So there's two good reasons to not get into a fight with Aaron Donald. Well, you had two helmets. Yeah. You two know, helmets in two different instances. Two different clubbings. That <laughs> Just were going on. don't let him believe you are the Cincinnati Bengals. Maybe that's the lesson here. All right, we come back. Is Isaiah Simmons trending down? Is Zayvon Collins trending up? That's next. It's the Wolf and Luke show on 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station.
0: Football Friday with Wolf and Luke. Alert, alert, alert. Presented by 72 Souls. Get your price. 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station.
1: All right. Well, before we get back into football, I did think of you when I heard this. Did you uh, did you hear the clip on the Bill Simmons podcast where he said he expects the Suns to maybe go for up around four billion dollars? I did not hear that. Four four billion dollars. Uh, yeah. He, in fact, I believe he said at least four billion dollars. I would well, play once the clip. Again, but it's a long clip here.
2: Yeah. When you think about it, though, seriously, hyper talented roster, win now. The facilities in location, Paradise Valley. Demand. Location. The renovation of the arena. I mean, the, the arrow
1: is pointing up on the Phoenix Suns right now. It is a great time to buy the Phoenix Suns, except it's going to cost you a lot of money to buy the Phoenix Suns. Uh, all right, back to football. And we were we were going to talk about Zayvon Collins earlier in the show, and then we just kind of got caught up in the whole Isaiah Simmons storyline of, all right, what does it mean? You know, if he doesn't play much again on Sunday, are we supposed to read into this that he's behind schedule where they don't necessarily believe in his ability as much as they did a couple weeks ago? Or is it some sort of disciplinary thing? I, I don't think a disciplinary thing would go past the first half of last Sunday's game. So if he doesn't play much this Sunday, Wolf, and I think he will, but if he doesn't play much this Sunday, I don't know what to think. Yeah. Yeah, I'm
2: not. You know, I'm going to put that in the negative column if he doesn't play. Yeah, if he does not play 50, 60 snaps, I'm going to be wondering what is going on. I'm
1: sorry, it he, just even if the answer we get on Monday is well, the Rams, uh, it wasn't. It just didn't fit their scheme. with they like, if, if other teams can scheme him right off the field, that doesn't make any sense because he's supposed to be able to play four different positions out there. Uh, but the flip side to this is Zayvon Collins is getting better, and he played in the preseason, and he played to the end of that Chiefs game, and he played every snap on Sunday against the Raiders. And for Vance Joseph, he said part of the reason is Zavin knows his role.
0: I think I think Zaven's role is always clear because he's a he's an inside backer. You know, Isaiah's a hybrid. He plays some safety. Nickel he plays he plays dime for us. So it's always gonna be week to week with Isaiah where he plays. Okay. That's why he was drafted. That's his position. That's his body type and that's that that's a challenge for us each week. Where to put him so he can make a place to help us win. And last week it It was a good deal for him and us.
1: Yeah. Even Vance started talking about Isaiah when he was talking about Zayvon.
2: (laughs) Yeah, Zayvon Collins to me, once again, um, anybody that has listened to this show, you know how important I think Zayvon Collins and Isaiah Simmons are to the success of this defense going forward. Um, The biggest thing I wanted to see these two individuals do is make plays. Plays that actually change games. And that's that's exactly what Isaiah Simmons did. He made a play when you absolutely had to have it. Otherwise, you're, you're looking at a possible loss by the Arizona Cardinals and an 0-2 team at this point in time if Isaiah Simmons doesn't come and put the hat right on the ball and suddenly it's out and Byron Murphy takes it and goes the other way. Zayvon Collins is getting better. The consistency is there. You can see him getting better. It's so encouraging to me to watch him. Now he's not making the plays that Isaiah
1: Simmons has made. No, but how? Just even as you're talking about that play that Isaiah Simmons made to end that game, and Zayvon Collins had forced a fumble just seconds earlier, just when he recovered. Uh, it just it sort of takes me back to where I was on Sunday afternoon. How much would this week have sucked if they were zero and two with the Rams coming to town? Oh my goodness! And that's why you got to have you got Isaiah Simmons and Vance Joseph even said a version of this uh, about a week or so ago. There are plays Isaiah Simmons can make that not a lot of guys on this team, maybe not anybody. I always I always put Buddha in that category. But Vance Joseph said there are guys uh, plays that Vance Isaiah Simmons makes that nobody else on this team can make. Um, If that's the case, he needs to be out there against the Rams. Zayvon Collins was playing through the preseason. He's been getting the reps. Isaiah Simmons wasn't getting. Now, I know they're asked to do different things, but still, if you had asked me at the start of the season who was going to be in a better spot three weeks into the year, I definitely would have said Isaiah Simmons. And instead, he's sitting halves. And Vance Joseph is saying this about Zayvon.
0: Absolutely. I've been proud of that kid. I mean, he's grown so much. You know, I mean, last year he was spinning, you know, but this year he's calmed down. He's asking the right questions. He's leading meetings, you know, after meetings. So he is right where he should be as a second year Mike player. He's obviously talented, um, but he's going to grow and grow and grow, man. But he's he's very intelligent. He works at it. So the sky's the limit for this kid. He should be a good player for us for a long time.
1: He shouldn't be ahead of Simmons, though. He's, he's got Isaiah's got a whole year
2: on Zayvon Collins. Yeah, man, Zayvon Collins. I, I was just, once again, I cannot tell you, Basinonians, how encouraged I am. I actually, over the last two weeks, watching Zayvon from the very beginning of that Chiefs game to the end of the Raiders game, he just made a steady, incremental progress all the way through the whole thing. The arrow is pointing up right now for Zayvon Collins, and I think it's going to continue to go up because of the kid that he is. If he, if he just continues down the road of being physical at the point of attack and using his hands and getting off blocks and, and looking with his eyes and making the correct read, you can tell he still questions himself when he actually sees it. In this game, this is going to be it right here. This is it because Sean McVay and the Rams... Better than most teams. They use a ton of speed motion. This is what they love to do right here. A ton of, look everybody, who's got the ball? And When he, when it's real base, he uses a ton of speed motion to try to distract the eyes of those inside linebackers. And this is, this is going to be the challenge for Zayvon Collins. But, having said that, this kid is so much better right now. I watched him on tape and by the end, by the end of that Raiders game, I, I exhaled and said, he's going to be fine. For the first time.
1: The the first time ever?
2: First time ever. All right. Zayvon Collins is
1: going to be fine. I will say, by the end of that Raiders game, is the best I have felt about Zayvon Collins. To me, he was a question mark coming into this season. Uh, Isaiah Simmons was not a finished product, but I I was pretty confident where that question was uh, going to be answered. And I still think Simmons is going to pull it together, but I... (laughs) I don't even I, I don't even know how much of this I blame on him. I, I don't feel like they've handled him right this year. I feel like he should have played in the preseason. I feel like he should be playing one position until he gets it right. And maybe everything's fine. Maybe on Sunday he is a game changer for the Cardinals and he's out there eighty percent of the time. But right now it almost doesn't it just look wolf. Even with those comments from from Vance Joseph right there, doesn't it look like, okay? you have two players. One's a second year player. He plays one position. We played him in the preseason. We're ramping him up. He's going. They seem happy with him. Vance even just said, well, he knows what his role is. It's very clear. With Isaiah Simmons, it almost feels like they don't know how to use him yet. It's It's almost like, yeah, he can do more, but we don't know where to play him and when to do it. That's what the first two weeks have looked like.
2: Yeah, yeah see, the reason why this is just me, on it, is okay, honestly. These guys know more football than I will ever know. Ron Wolfley reporting. These guys, I I know nothing compared to Vance Joseph, nothing compared to Billy Davis. Yet at the same time, I I look again at Isaiah Simmons, and I just wish they would have left him as the weak side inside linebacker and said, this is what you're going to play. This is the position you're going to play, because now all of a sudden, good or bad, whether you're doing good things or bad things there, you know what the expectation is. And what it isn't. But when you move to different positions, now all of a sudden, there are different expectations as to what you're going to be doing. When it, when you're a safety, it's more about the fact that you can actually cover than it is about taking on a block and being physical at the point of attack. the The parameters change position by position. So, to me, I just wish they would have left him there and said, okay... You know what, you're weak side inside linebacker and you're not nearly as physical enough as you need to be, Isaiah, as the weak side inside linebacker. So what are you gonna do about it? Are you gonna get are you gonna get more physical or less? What are you gonna do? Because this is what we need you to do at this position. When you leave a guy at one position, you know the parameters. You you know what it takes to play that position. Good or bad. He can he, he, He could do it or not. He could improve or not. And then you'd have your answer on him before you start moving
1: him. Text us your thoughts to the FanDuel text line at 620-620 right now. We come back. Sean McVay is doing something no other head coach in the league is doing, and we'll get you an update on the uh, Cardinals injury report. It is out for today as well. That's next. It's the Wolf and Luke Show on 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station.
0: Football Friday with Wolf and Luke. Alert, alert, alert! Presented by 72 Souls. Get your price. 98.7
1: FM, Arizona's Sports Station. <laughs> All right, Wolf, I have the injury report right here for Sunday's game between the Cardinals and the Rams. Rondell Moore, Zeke Turner, both ruled out. Didn't practice today. I don't know that that's really a shock. But other than that... It's it's a somewhat quiet injury report for the Cardinals relative to what we've seen the rest of uh, the season so far. Andy Isabella, full practice today. Trayvon Mullen, full practice. He's been full practice all week. J.J. Uh, Watt, his first full practice of the week came today. So those guys don't even have like a game status designation. I'm assuming those three are available. Yes. James Conner's the other one. He didn't practice Wednesday, limited all week. He is questionable for the game and i believe i heard that he's basically a game time decision but for the most part compared to what we saw in week one and week two the cardinals may actually have a, a decent amount of their team out there on sunday yeah that's
2: going to be great you know and again jj wads my goodness you just say the name and he made an impact he made an impact in week two yeah, it's their no, only sack. There's no doubt about it, but you could just see some of the other play around him. Um, Zach Allen and how well Zach Allen played and the fact Zach Allen just missed two sacks in that game. Um, just overall, I, I thought uh, J.J. Watt definitely made an impact on that defense out there. So I'm interested to see if he could do it again this week.
1: Uh, Buddha Baker yesterday talked about the prospects of trying to slow down Cooper Cup. Uh, it's not the same player that Devontae Adams is, but they did slow down Devontae Adams last week.
0: He's always open, like you said, and that can attest to their offensive style. They have a great offensive style. A lot of formations look the same. You know, they're really good with, uh, you know, knowing when it's man, knowing when it's zone, and Cooper Cup's really good. Him and um, Stafford have a great connection, which even if it's a, maybe a 10-yard in, he might sit it, or he might even break out and that's all goes deals
1: with the connection that those two have together i mean buddha's a big baker a big part of it as well too yeah. it's not just going to be byron murphy yeah it's not
2: and you know we talk about players so much of the time players 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 um sean McVay is one of the most brilliant guys you're ever gonna see and sean mcveigh um when you talk about the best coaches. That are in the in the football universe, you have to start with Bill Belichick. I'm sorry, that's not going to be a surprise to anybody. I know there's a lot of Belichick haters that are out there, but you have to say Belichick, you have to say Tomlin, you have to say Reed, and you have to say Sean McVay. Those four right there, I really, truly believe, are four coaches that make a difference. And Sean McVay, one of the smartest guys I've ever seen. And remember when he was the guy that set the whole trend of talking to his quarterback? Remember that? Mm Jared Goff taking him through the play and the hurry up and, and how huge that was. That was all Sean McVay. Well, now all of a sudden he's running eleven personnel onto the field and you know what that is based on. He's one back, one tight end, three wide receivers, and yet at the same time he's using one of those wide receivers to play fullback. So, you're either in 11 personnel if you count him as a wide receiver, or you're in 21 personnel if you count this wide receiver who's playing fullback as a fullback. You gotta be kidding me. He did it last week against the Atlanta Falcons, and it worked to perfection. The guy's name is Ben Skaronik. Ben Skaronik. And we actually talked to. DeMarco Farr earlier in this broadcast. And DeMarco Farr had a little story to pass along of Ben Skoranek.
1: And I'll tell you this, I saw him after the game and I'm talking to him and I said, man, fullback, are you kidding me? And he looks me right in the eye and goes, I'm a football player.
0: And right when he said that,
1: Sean McVay walked by was given high-fives to to the entire team for the victory, pointed at Ben Skoranek and says, I appreciate you. You want to talk about a moment. So I can't wait to see how this guy is going to be used this weekend.
2: I cannot wait either. This really is something, or once again, what are you going to do? Oh, you're going to put a, you're going to go nickel. That's what you're going to do. You're going to bring the corner in. You're going to go nickel. You take a linebacker or a safety, you take them off the field. You go nickel, come on in here. And now
0: the Wolves, playbook for dummies nickel
2: a personnel group with five dbs on the defense so if you're going to go five dbs you're going to go ahead and you're going to put this guy into the i formation which they do all the time they motion him into it and then he just stops and gets down on a three-point stance and they run 21 personnel plays with this wide receiver who happens to be 6'3 224 pounds Yeah, 224 pounds. Undersized for a fullback, but at the same time he gets the job done because he's not afraid to stick his face into the fan. And he does it. And now all of a sudden you're going to go base personnel because you're going to count him as a fullback, and all of a sudden they shift him on into the slot or as the number one receiver out wide on the edge, and they run 11 personnel stuff. It is is to find that human being who can play fullback and wide receiver at the same time is unthinkable. Don't the Broncos have a player like that? Because when I was watching that Monday night football game with Russell Wilson against the Seahawks, there was that fullback. Yeah, you know what, Mel? Sometimes they will do it, but I've never seen a wide receiver a, a tight end? An H-back? What about a defensive end? Yes. fullback? Sometimes. How about that? Yeah.
1: J.J. Watt.
2: Yeah. Patrick Ricard, of course, right? I mean, they, they've they got guys that line up and play fullback, but a wide receiver? I've never seen it. I've never seen a guy who's capable of doing both. And that's exactly why Sean McVay was walking by Ben Skoranek. Number 18, write it down, Basinonians. And he stopped and said, I appreciate you. Because what he did, that combination, and he's not afraid. I mean, he sticks his face into the fan. Listen, I was 222 pounds in an era where every fullback was 250 pounds. And it was hammer time back when I was playing. There was none of this. Where's the ball, everybody? It was hammer time. Listen, I could do it at 222 pounds, even though I couldn't move anybody, and even though I got killed a lot of the time, I ran full speed into the guy, and the guy couldn't make the play because he had to take me on. Yeah, I got killed, but guess what? You weren't making the play. Ben Skoranek can do the same thing. This is going to be fascinating to see how. Sean McVay and the Rams view the Arizona Cardinals defense and whether or not that's going to be a part of what they do. Because the Atlanta Falcons, a little light in the can. And I think that's why they did it. It'll be interesting to see if they view the Cardinals through the same lens.
1: You can see why that would be the sort of uh, player Sean McVay would like to. I mean, that story DeMarco Farr told us. Can't you just see Sean McVay coming up and be like, yes, this, this guy will do whatever I ask him to do. And, I mean, why wouldn't you if you're on the Rams, right? If you're Ben Skoranek, you're not Cooper Cup, you're not Allen Robinson. Whatever you can do to help that team that just won the Super Bowl, I think if you're capable of doing it, if you have that mindset of doing it, why wouldn't you do it?
2: Yes, why wouldn't you? And here's a guy who's got the mindset of a gunner. He's a special teams player. He's not afraid of the physicality, man. Love it.
1: All right, we come back. It was a busy week around the world of sports. We're gonna take you through all of it. Next with our work week wrap-up. It's the Wolf and Luke Show on 987 FM Arizona Sports Station. Wolf and Luke Middays, 987 FM, Arizona's Sports Station. Final segment of the week, of course. That means it's time for the work week wrap-up. We'll try to get through every single story. Maybe not every single story, but most of the biggest stories that happened this week, starting Wolf with Monday. Monday. All right, Monday. How about the Cardinals coming off a comeback win against the Raiders on Sunday? Here's Cliff Kingsbury when he joined us. There is, yeah, to be able to
2: overcome some of the things that that really self-inflicted, like we were talking about earlier, self-inflicted wounds. and um, They have a great team, and to spot them that type of lead and then be able to fight back and see what can happen. When you execute at a high level, when you stick together, and you continue to fight, that that could uh,
0: serve us well moving forward. Hopefully,
2: coach, we got to get the play in, man. We got to get the play in. That's that's what I'm saying. We got. Yeah. We got to get the play in,
1: and no more delay of games. Uh, Sean Aguano is the new Sun Devil head coach, the interim head coach, I should say. He talked about the opportunity.
0: Now, with that opportunity, uh, you got to go make sure that you can keep that opportunity, and so and that's my plan. I also want to make sure that I can keep my coaches and families at Arizona State too. I mean, that's that's on my back too, and uh, I want to make sure that we can keep
1: our kids at Arizona State. See, you can't. He can't tell me he doesn't at least have his sights set on getting the head coaching job, and I don't know that he can really do it. Even I think he'd honestly have to go like eight and one to be able to do it. I think they want a more established person in that role. But still, this is an opportunity to build his career one way or the other. Totally agree with that. Um, and I'm rooting for him.
2: I really am. Love to see a guy get the opportunity to take over and then make a difference in a young man's life to a point where the kid goes out and plays better than he truly is. I'd love to see that. Just don't know how
1: confident I am that we will. Uh, Jimmy G is now the starting quarterback for the 49ers. It was like a week of change, but his uh, his path back to being the starting quarterback, quarterback was a, a rough one with Trey Lance getting hurt Jimmy G's reaction feel terrible for Trey Uh, I've been on that side of it this league is tough and you know ever has their share of injuries but that, that sucks for him and feel bad for him but he's our brother and you know we'll pick him up
2: yeah, Jimmy G, man, once again, the hardcore veteran that he is. He
1: has been around, man. What a wild ride it's been for Jimmy G. Uh, Sean McDermott as the Bills just hammer the Titans 41-7. to Everybody's like, okay, Tennessee number one seed last year in the AFC. Maybe maybe they can challenge the Bills. They did not challenge the Bills. Here's McDermott after the game. Those coaching staffs with, uh, with the defense, offense, special teams, they did a great job. You know, good game plans, players executed thought it was good fundamental football I thought we were a little maybe erratic early you know and uh, we, we settled in and started playing good, dis- good disciplined football for the most part I should say fundamentally strong football look I mean if the Bills can play better that's not going to be very entertaining to watch unless you're a Bills fan. 41-7 to after they just beat the Rams 31-10 to the week before. Trying to think of all the elements of the game of football. Where where are they weak? Where are the Buffalo Bills weak? The only way you could convince me they might lose this weekend, and you really can't, is that they have a lot of injuries this week against Miami. Yeah. But they are not weak, to Talking answer your question. Them as a team overall. No, there's, there isn't one. Or if there is, I haven't seen it yet. Patrick, Mahomes. Play something. I don't want to say what I'm about <laughs> Patrick to say. Mahomes is, is Buffalo's biggest weakness, uh, and coin coin flips actually in overtime. Here's uh, Nick Sirianni following the other Monday Night Football game as Philadelphia rolled past Minnesota. Yeah, big time performance by him. Um, you know, obviously in the run game and in the past in the pass game, he great run. He had a, he, the, the both of his touchdown runs were outstanding runs. Really, the one I know it was only four yards out, but it reminded me of that. New Orleans one he made last year, so uh big-time performance and a big-time stage. Hey, look, Wolf, I thought the Eagles would be a playoff team this year. I didn't think Jalen Hurts would look this good, and he has looked really good through two weeks.
2: You know, I'm looking at Jalen Hurts like, okay, Jalen. A little skeptical with a John eye, no doubt about it, yet this kid starting to win me over, but I gotta, I gotta see more, man. It's a small sample size.
1: Uh, also Monday, D-backs lose to the Dodgers by a final of 5 2 in L.A. On to Tuesday, please. Tuesday. Uh, pl- uh, Tuesday, the Cardinals signed Devon Kennard to the roster. The D-backs bullpen gives up 5 in the 8th. 6-5 loss to the Dodgers in Game 1 of the doubleheader. But they came back, and this, this showed some resiliency, late-season resiliency, Wolf. After losing the way they did already once that day to the Dodgers, they come back and beat the Dodgers in the night cap 5-2. to two. Swing and a ball hit down the right field line. Fair ball. Alcantara's got to go. Care- Carroll on his way to second. He's on his way to third. Alcantara looks like he's going to score. The throw not in time. And how about that? RBI triple for Corbin Carroll in the ninth inning. And it's now a 5-2 Diamondback lead. And they're starting their final home series of the year tonight. You, in know, you,
2: you stop and think about how the Diamondbacks have played against the Dodgers at the end of the season here. Even though, once again, they've lost some games horrifically <laughs> in horrific fashion. Just take what you're seeing right now against the Dodgers and try to apply that into your hope for next year.
1: On to Wednesday. Wednesday. Wednesday, Robert Sarver announcing he's going to begin the process to sell the Suns and the Mercury. Here's Woj. Not only player pressure, sponsorship pressure, and I think a sense with Robert Sarver that he would never be accepted mm-hmm. in this NBA community again at large or locally there, you know, pushed him to sell a team. That
2: was... Inevitable, it seemed to us at the time, right there. But big news, nonetheless, that it happened.
1: Inevitable, but but uh, happening faster than than I expected. And there was that Bill Simmons cut of maybe four billion dollars for the Phoenix Suns. Uh, Kyla Murray talking to the media on Wednesday. Yeah, maybe you can get a little bit of momentum from that Raiders game. They at least needed that sort of finish. You know, confidence is a thing for sure. Um, I think uh, the end of the game can definitely you know give team confidence, which which probably need at this point uh, the, the, going off of how the game started how we started off uh, week one going to you know this game obviously a great team you know last year's last year I like that answer from Kyler I really yeah. do I just I just think it's a, it's an honest answer and it, it it's it's what we were all thinking watching that game too
2: confidence is the currency
1: of competition yeah. uh, D-backs beat the Dodgers again now the pitch swing and a grounder to first Walker has it he goes to second out there the throw to first is in time That's a double play, and the ball game is over. All right, Wolf. Two in a row over the Dodgers. Should have been three in a row if not for the bullpen. Uh, five game series with the Dodgers. On to Thursday. 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 Vance Joseph on Zayvon Collins. I
0: am he it fine. And the Green Dot guys has been passed around through about five or six guys through training camp. You know, and during training camp we have four guys with Green Dots. You know, so they are all hearing me talk to them. So that wasn't a first time deal for Zayvon. That was that was it's just norm for him.
1: Zayvon looked good.
2: Yeah, hit the Green Dot in a
1: game. I'm you know, it's that's, it different, right? It is different. It is. Yeah. Different. That's, that's it different. Is. yeah. Uh, Brian Windhorst on with Bickley and Murata talking about the Suns' potential value. I know that the that the Suns have been valued by Forbes and Sportico at like one point eight, one point nine. I don't. I think it's going to blow that out of the water. Wow. I think it'll be well over two billion dollars. I think you'll have multiple bidders. And then Wolf, this is uh, this is what happens when you play the Dodgers five straight times. Zach Gallen, just an excellent performance last night. But again the bullpen three two swing line drive left field base hit dodgers walk it off final score three to two
0: what a horrible way to lose a game
1: i'm fun being done with the dodgers for the rest of the season
2: yeah but once again you know honestly if you just took the games against the dodgers here to end the season yeah you can see this. there's a little little hope to brawl next year and a- be
1: somebody who might actually be in it. Everything looks good right now, or good enough, except the bullpen. On to Friday. Friday. Right, here's Cliff on Rondale Moore and Zeke Turner. Rondale and Zeke will be out. Um, looks like everybody else will be good to go. It seems like just those two guys. We may actually get to see the Cardinals play on Sunday against the Rams. Let's hope. All right, that's going to do it for us. Thanks to Aaron Maloney, Jesse Morrison behind the glass. For Wolf, I'm Luke. we got Burns and Gibbo next on 98.7 FM Arizona Sports Station.